Hi, and welcome to Intuitive Journey with Desiree, and I am Desiree holmes Sharini, your host, and I am delighted to have a guest again here today. I've been doing some interviews lately, and so they're kind of interspersed a little more than they have been, and my guest today I'm really excited to have with me is Kimberly Bell, and I'm going, I have a little cheat sheet here just so I make sure I get it all right. I do know her, though, so I should get most of this right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she is an author of Empowering You, 11 Ways to Shift Your Personal Paradigm, a life coach, a columnist, a podcast host, YouTuber, mother of three, and her work is informed by her formalized training and spiritual concepts. It's tempered with her intuitive and compassionate approach. And Kimberly and I met uh, in Zurich while we were there filming the transformation movie which is supposed to be coming out this year so we're looking forward to seeing that and Kimberly is also luckily one of the few fellow life coaches that I know and keep in touch with who's on the same time zone so she's based in Boston area is that correct outside of yeah about yeah. 45 minutes west of, yeah. And I'm in D.C., for those of you who don't know. That's my physical location. And so when we are talking in groups and we have to talk about what time we're all going to connect, <laughs> at least I know that she's talking about the same time I am. So um, <laughs> so that's um, how we met, yeah. both life coaches, and I'm thrilled to have her. So welcome, Kimberly. Yes. Thank you, Desiree. Psyched <laughs> to be here. Thank yeah, you. it's really, and it's, doing this interview is uh, really fun for me because it's a way to have an excuse to talk to people, it to talk funny. to my fellow coaches or others that share uh, the same interests and excitement around things. So this is a lot of fun for me, and I'm glad you had the time to do it with me. Thank you. So I appreciate that. So. Thank you for inviting me. I just yes, want to say that. Well, yeah, and, and I have to confess, we just. I just she just invited me to her podcast. So <laughs> look for both of these being shared, but different content. Right. So thank you for inviting me to, and this is really fun. Yeah. And I, the only next best thing would be doing it in person. So I know. we'll have to save that for a future. A yes. Future one. Yes. Anyway, um, so Kimberly. Yep. Uh, first thing I'm going to ask you about is your work. So we, um, I, I know some of it, but we were, you know, kind of touched on it before, but. And here it talks about how you work with people, but mm -hmm. go into, let's start with, you talked about earlier when I was talking to you about where your training was, or yeah. else I saw that in your book. I, I can't remember where I saw it, but you um, talked about where you trained and how you became a life coach. So start there and and lead up to what okay. you do with clients now. And um, I'd like yeah, to. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. So yes. Yeah, so I, you know, throughout my whole life, um, I have been that person, like many people we might talk to, who people feel very comfortable with. And, you know, it was kind of like a running joke with, with my ex-husband. I would be running to the pharmacy to pick up a script for one of the kids, and I'd come back like two hours later. And he was really understanding, but it was funny how I would engage in a conversation, and all of a sudden, people would just start unloading all of their stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I, of course, I'm, you know, I am compassionate, just naturally like that, and didn't feel like I could leave them. So long story short is, I decided to go back to work, um, kind of life shift a little bit for me. I went through a separation and divorce. And I was like, okay, hmm. chapter two, what are we doing, girl? Let's go. Uh, I used to be a tennis playing stay at home mom. And did all the volunteer stuff. And, you know, I was that, that kind of mom. And it was great. Very, very rewarding and fulfilling. And when this shift happened, I was like, okay, what do you want to do? And I went through a long healing journey with one of my children. And my thought was, I'm either going to help the parents who are seeking answers that they cannot find with mainstream medicine, right? and help them navigate that process. Or I'm going to work with individuals and help them navigate life's process. So during that time, I was like, okay, well, 
you don't have any training. What you're going to do? You got to have something. People aren't going to just come to you because you're like a nice person. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm nice, right? baby. <laughs> I wish it was like that, right? And I'm intuitive, but you can't just, you know, put up a shingle about well, being well, intuitive. Plenty of people do, actually, though. They do out there. They do. And, you know, nothing against that, trust me, because I would have totally done it if our society had been different. But I knew I needed yeah. formal training so that I could be taken seriously. And um, I think it's useful, too, because there are people that go out there and they. I've I've heard people doing stuff, and I'm like going, no, 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 no. Don't don't use those words. Don't. That's like, yeah. yeah anyway, but go on. Yeah, I, and I think there are professionals out there who don't do it well either. So, well, you <laughs> but, know um, what I what I would say to that is everybody has their own flavor, right? And our personalities, mm -hmm. honestly, our uniqueness in life is what makes what we do different than everybody yeah. else, even if we do the same thing. So. Absolutely. Long story short is I was like, okay, so I want to work with people. And I started searching life coaching schools and things of that nature and nothing resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And funny thing is, is all of a sudden I saw this Tony Robbins thing come up and I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't think I'd like Tony Robbins, right? Because I remember Tony years ago when he was just kind of coming on the scene and I felt I, it was probably me. I'm not sure. I felt this, not a, kind of aggressive, I guess. You know, he's got a huge presence. And I, at that time, probably wasn't, well, obviously, I, I had grown a lot um, since the time I'd seen him. Long story short is, I watched a video and I listened because he had um, the Robbins Madonna School for Strategic Intervention in California. And this was an online program. And I watched the video and I literally fell in love with Tony. Like mm -hmm. during this process, I'm like, oh my God, this man is like a master. And this is, it resonated with me so loudly that I got multiple certifications um, mm -hmm. in that area. And then a little branch off, or not a little branch off school, but um, a side school of theirs. Um, I worked with some other people to get some other certifications um, so it, it was been a fantastic experience and I honestly recommend it for anybody who's looking into coaching and is looking to get to the kind of come up with very practical ways of helping people make shifts. So that married with my intuition. I knew the intuition was going to be the key for me, but I needed that formalized, you know, certification. I needed the program. So I did that. And I have to say that was like, five, six years ago, and here I am, and it's been great. Great. So that's, so that's interesting how your perception of him changed from, yeah. because what is he? He's like six foot five or something like that, six, seven. I don't know what he is, but, right. you know, just like you say, he does have a very big persona, and maybe at that time in your life, you were that kind of big energy was um, too I was I was playing a lot smaller back then. You know, yeah, and um, and then but when you had heard what he had to say, it, when you kind of got the message from right. him, then it's it, it. That's funny how people's perceptions change depending on that first feeling to when you really get to know something. Then you say, oh, oh, well, maybe I do like this. You know, right. And I remember him being pretty business focused in the beginning. He was actually. Um, and. So I thought, so initially when I saw this, I'm putting this all together and I'm, I was making a judgment, right? Mm -hmm. Thank goodness I listened to the intuition that was like, give it a try. I can remember it. Just, just give him a chance. This is what I heard. Yeah. Just give him a chance. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, <laughs> and then I click and listen. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love with this man. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Tony Robbins. Yeah. I like, yeah. What a, a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lovely. One of my um, th this is a total aside from what we're talking about, kind of. But one of my favorite um, things was in that movie, um, oh, where the guy saw Gwyneth Paltrow as as beautiful, but she was really yes. real life fat, and Tony Robbins is in the elevator with him, and he does. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I don't. I remember the movie, but I'm not remembering the scene. Well, this guy gets stuck in the elevator with Tony Robbins, and he's talking about. Uh, being um, oh shallow Hal is the oh, name yes. of the movie. Shallow right. Hal, and I guess he's revealing how he doesn't 
see people's hearts. He doesn't see what's inside of them. He just, uh, because he was a womanizer. And so Tony kind of does this crazy brainwashing thing on him that you'll only see the, from now on, when you look at somebody, you're going to see what's in their heart, not the outside of them. So uh, the character Gwyneth Paltrow plays is this um, very heavy woman, but he sees a beautiful. He sees her. He sees her. He sees her. her. But, yeah. you know, he really can't see that she's fat, and um, his best friend can't understand it. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great movie. I remember parts yeah. of it. Yeah. But there's this little cameo, you know, and it's so funny. But, um, okay, so I'm going to segue back to uh, Go ahead. more real um, Desiree and you know, my distractions. <laughs> but, <laughs> but going back then, you you had a challenge, you said. And I kind of, we kind of glossed over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the story, um, if you don't mind sharing, about your... Um, With my daughter? Well, your daughter and also, you know, what, what changed in your marriage? You said you were happy, everything was fine. So what kind of shifts happened for you with all of that? So I guess the first thing that I'll say is it wasn't that I was always happy in the marriage, okay? Um I don't think, I think that now's the time to redo relationships and how we do them, right? Relationships up to this time have been extremely codependent and they still really are until people start waking up and they, they want to do things differently, right? And we realize that happiness is an inside job and that's really the beginning of that journey to kind of own our own stuff, no matter who we're with in relationship, right? Relationship with self is the main really should be in a lot of ways. If you want happiness really is powerful to have that relationship so strong with self. So long story short is I always ask the question whether I was happy. I mean, on paper, it looks like a good, it looked like a good fit. Right. And, and, you know, cause we wanted the same things. We had the same way, you know, same model of the world in a lot of ways as life started happening, I started seeing the differences and you know, and would always question. And I knew things were not smooth and I knew things weren't easy. But you know what? I was a kid. I was a kid. I was an adult, but I had always had struggle, challenge, conflict repeatedly. I remember being in my crib. Like, and I remember it being that way then. And so it was continuing. So maybe it was less conflict, right? And I don't give up, right? And and, and I have to say the person I was with, at the time, he, he probably was raised the same way. He didn't give up either, you know, so we were really trying. Well, what happened was my daughter, um, my youngest, actually became ill when she was six. And I had to go on a, a way to find how to heal her, basically, because her health was unraveling, literally before my eyes. She woke up the morning after Halloween um, one day and just, this just changed changed life forever. And during that time is when the cracks in the foundation of my marriage became craters and our differences, you know, just became magnified. Right. right? And my standing up for myself became magnified. And that was different how when we got married, I was all about, you know what, I'm behind you. I can help you achieve this. I'll help you do, you know, I was the fixer and everything else, right? Um, so that's what happened. Life started showing up. And I think we both felt extra challenged. Both of us, both of us did. And uh, for us, it was a great decision to, to change, to separate and to actually go through divorce. Um, and as far as the daughter goes, she's a happy, healthy girl right now. But at the end of the day, the problem with her was a, like a foundational issue with her immune system. Oh, okay. But when the immune system gets out of control, it becomes reactive to everything in the environment. So if your gut is a mess, right, you start to have autoimmune disease, you start to have anxiety, neuro, neuro issues, you know, neurological issues, um, nervous system issues, um, allergies, allergic to all kinds of things. And we were in a state of inflammation for a really long time. And mainstream medicine, you know, I have to say 50 doctors later, still no answers. Yeah. 
I had to start listening to myself. By the grace of God, I started listening to myself instead of, like you had said in, in my podcast, instead of listening to the outside world, I had an epiphany, realized I needed to go inside for the answers that I needed mm-hmm. to help us navigate this journey. Did you um, uh, start using some alternative? Um, Absolutely. That, that was it. Like I literally left mainstream and, you know, I was a research, you know, person, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That was what happened after the kids went to bed. I was on the computer researching how to, how to help my kid get healthy. And um, it took four years before I started to connect with finding as soon as I made the decision to listen to myself and to start focusing on becoming a better person for me, it's funny how all of a sudden I found things that I hadn't seen before because my perspective as a human being had shifted. So I was open and willing and differently. Right. Um, And and as you know, right, (laughs) that's huge. That can open your world up in ways you'll see colors you never saw before. Like you just see things differently, right? There were bells on a hill, but you never heard them ringing. Exactly. Right? Right. <laughs> Except for not because there was someone else, but because there was you, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's, it is true that, um, <clears throat> and kind of to go back a little bit, your situation with the marriage uh, and the lifestyle and everything sounds very similar that when you use the word, I, I, I was behind you, literally, I, I think it sounds very similar in that um, in my situation, I was behind him, yeah. also in importance. So there was this yeah. sort of, I was the supporting character. Correct. And yeah. then when the supporting character wanted you know, a little more recognition in the, in the play, um, mm-hmm. it, it created a challenge. And there was also a shift, a, a um, a situational shift. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the illness of a child. It was a, a different shift in, in our, um, you know, the norm. Yep. That that changed the patterns, and so right. the pattern was challenged. And when you want yeah. to go this way a little bit, and the others like no this way, and you yeah. this way, and eventually the crack just you know grows. But um, so that's, it's kind of interesting. I, I think maybe there is sort of, that's a universal pattern, but when you're in it yeah. yourself, right. it just feels like such a lonely place, oh. <laughs> right? So lonely. I just had this conversation with a client yesterday. It's funny. It's like, it's funny. Everyone's, af- not everyone, but a lot of people are afraid to move forward in a relationship if they don't feel like it's working anymore after a lot of, you know, a lot of. Yeah. Trying. Introspection and, and, you know, working through. Um, they're afraid to leave because they don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. But I promise people, okay, and I, and I believe that all, most marriages can be saved, okay? I'm, I'm not in the business of breaking people up, okay? I'm in the business of helping people transform the way they see each other, mm-hmm. the way they experience yeah. relationship, and changing the way they look at relationship because yeah. we're seeing that model, that old paradigm the lack mentality relationship is, is not working anymore. Right. But what I want to say is um, I was, you know, with somebody and I was lonelier in a lot of ways being with that, that doesn't feel comfortable for us is a more lonely place to be than it is to be in a home alone. Exactly. Because it's the ice, the, uh, the intimate isolation um, that that isolation when there's somebody there that you would should want to be connected with, and then if that's just not there, it's yeah. almost like being in a bubble and nobody can hear you. You're knocking on the glass and you're invisible. And exactly, it's it's better to be in a room alone than to be in a room with someone who you're supposed to be intimately connected with and you're not. That's it's. Um, like uh, you ever been out to dinner with like that person and it's, it's past the tipping point. Right. Yeah. And you're both sitting there and you're supposed to be having a nice time and there's nothing to talk about except for the kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. conversations about the kids or, or the house or the car. Right. And it's the surface, the yeah, surface. very, very 
lonely. And, and it's also such a great feeling to be on that other side of that, to get through that and past that and to look back. And Amazing. so for, yeah. you know, um, as I always mentioned, this is a podcast and a video. So for the listeners, viewers, if you're, if you're in that situation, uh, just know there's the other side of it. There's the other side of it. So like we can sit here and, and talk about it and right. even laugh about it. Yeah. Uh, but at that point in that moment, in that space, it, it could, I don't, you know, don't know how severe it was for you, but it can just feel severe. like, yeah. the, ugh, you know, like you're, you're in a grave and someone's throwing the dirt in your face. That's it's how it can feel. And, uh, but then you get up and, and you're like, wow. Yeah, and, and I want to say, right. since we're talking to the viewers, I want to take it one step further, and I want to say, if that's your experience, right? So I was digging my heels in and not moving forward. I knew it wasn't a good place for me. I knew that I was kind of, I was really falling apart, right, between my child and, and, the, and the marriage situation. I was getting sick every day. Yeah. And I was losing my hair. And I still hung in there, right? It's, it's a funny thing. But the thing is, is something always seems to happen. And we talked about this earlier. Something always seems to happen to the universe is like, okay, you're really not listening, girl. <laughs> not listening. Make you so <laughs> we're going to come in, right? I know, like no joke, right? People get sick. When they start to I was very sick. I was very sick. By themselves. Um, you know, there's so much... There's all kinds of scientific, scientific, scientific evidence to support the fact that emotions wreak havoc on the body. Mm -hmm. There are connections all over. And, you know, you were talking about energy a while ago, or, or maybe you weren't. That was when we were talking earlier. But you were talking about when you wanted more of importance or you wanted to be able to become more of a person, an acknowledged human being within the confines of your relationship because you started valuing yourself more. Yeah, or I just, yeah, I wasn't allowed to be me. I was always the supporting actress. And if I wasn't right. about the, the main actor, then right. I was not okay. Right. That's and I, I think that that, but, you know, the other thing I want to say is men in our, in our country, right, men and women in this, in this culture have learned to play those roles. Yes, we've been taught right. by our parents. And we've it takes a generation the, to get through that. That's the American dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the American part of the American dream. Yeah. Not quite sure, but that's what we saw, you know, in TV right. shows and things. And and you know, relationships again, though, it's two people who've been doing it one way. If they can both be open and willing to start seeing the beauty of the other person that they can't see because they're so triggered by what the other person does, right? It's a, it is, it, it completely can shift the relationship yeah. because both people are, you know, I always use a bank account as an example. You're either making deposits into your marital bank account or you're siphoning, right? You are like totally making withdrawals all day long. And the majority of couples, I think mm -hmm. the one liners, the zingers, those things oh, yeah. are the constantly withdrawing yeah. constantly, but you can, Sorry, yeah. can change it. But for the, person who's listening and they're struggling focus on yourself focus on yourself and start valuing you and open your heart to yourself and focus on what is working in your life yeah. and you know baby steps are great little tiny changes can add up to being huge shifts in your life yeah absolutely and and like, like we were talking about listen, talking to the listeners is there no two couples are the same. And so I, I know several couples that have been married, you know, posting 30, 35 years together and happy as can be. And, and there, I think the key there is mutual respect and mutual honor mm -hmm. and mutual appreciation. And, you know, it, it, and certainly they've had their heart, you know, ups and downs, but, they have that shared intimacy and, and mutual respect and admiration for each other and, and caring. Whereas when the unbalance shifts too much. So what, what I'm saying is yes, try, you know, but sometimes there's something 
Oh yeah. Goes inherently wrong or something oh, yeah. goes inherently wrong. Yeah. So there are there are like you say you you were stuck there. You were staying and he was trying to stay, seeing it as a failure to leave because yeah. this is you know you got married until death do you part. Even if you yeah. die trying, you know it Literally. was going to you know kill you to try and stay there. And and that that doesn't do anybody any good. And and it's that mentality and oh, there's kind of that American thing in there too of like. Well, that was the generation before us. Yeah. So you didn't walk away. That's giving yeah, you off, just stay right? there. It reminds me a little bit of um, uh, the Bridges of Madison County or whatever that was called, where oh, yes. she falls in love and she can't leave, you know. And oh, right. But it's sort of, you know, that's that generation, that, that, that thought. And, you know, it is the right thing to stay, but then is it the right thing? But is it the right thing depending on your situation? So. Like Kimberly says, you know, it's like get to know yourself, get to appreciate yourself. And secondly, then evaluate after you're caring for yourself, is staying in a situation the best for you and everyone else concerned or is it not? And don't base your decision on everyone else concerned. Because, uh, and what I was saying to you earlier about myself is that, um, or maybe I didn't, in my situation, I had so many people telling me what to do, I should, I shouldn't, you know, that, and, and, and I was feeling super guilt about me being the one to break up the family, even though I got to say here, it, I didn't, I, I, with intimacy and, and affection with, was withdrawn from me. Mm-hmm. In this case, it wasn't like I'm like, oh, I just want to go throw rose petals through the field, right? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it was my reaction. And after counselors and all that, I was still suffering with guilt that because I couldn't stay there for my own physical and mental health. Yeah, that I was yeah. sick. I was, you know, actually suicidal. And um, yeah. and I thought, well, what? Finally, I had my aha moment of like, what good is that to? my kids, right? if this is how I'm, you know, showing them, this is what you do when you get married. Right. Uh, by example. Yeah. Yeah. So I finally gave myself permission that way. I -hmm. found my way to make it that I wasn't the bad person for changing that. And, uh, and clearly I'm much happier. My children, they survived. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, and, and 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 now they get to see that we have choices in life. We don't right. just stay in something. You know, before I have to say, you know, our world's been um, we do things or we have done things because of rules, rule sets, right? Yes. The mental, right? I think we're moving into a huge heart space right now, and the key to living happily is listening to the heart, right? following your heart. Okay. It's not like we abandon the head, but it's more of a, we need to think about this. How does this affect me as a human being? How do I feel about it? How are the people in my life going to be affected? Yes. But most importantly, it's, I can make choices in my life and I can change and I can ask people to change and open dialogues with people in a loving way. I can do it. It doesn't have to come from a angry 20 years way. It can come from a, Hey, we're not happy. How do we change this? Right. Right. How do how does it look like for you? How does it look like for me? What, what do we both want at a relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, not to, I could, uh, another time when we're talking on the phone with a cup of coffee, I'll go more into uh, my experience with that. Um, And sometimes you, you can get to people. It sounds like you and your ex were able to have that dialogue and, and eventually I guess go, you know, mutually, say yeah. let's let's do this is not working but sometimes you you have one who's saying this isn't All working that. and the other is just like well you know hot, hell and high water this is this is we're staying here you know right. <laughs> so yes wow um, and that of course that makes it a lot more challenging for the yeah. person who's really struggling because they're like I, I can't be in the middle of an ocean during a tidal wave storm with water taking me down. I mean, that's literally how that feels. Yep. And um, so it, it is, it's, it's a real dynamic. Now on the flip side, yep. it seems like we've got, I'll have to, when I, we, we decided on this um, interview to just 
go with the flow. And so we are. So this is fun because I haven't really talked about marriage and, and how to deal with that. So, you know, now I get to have this title down here. The details will be about um, relationships and uh, whatever else we get into. But on the flip side, when you talk about helping people, Mm-hmm. One of the things, and I, I think I get most of my practice with uh, marital relationships with my good friends. So mm-hmm. oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like Desiree, you know, Desiree, Desiree. I'm like, okay. So, so <laughs> one of the things that uh, I often recommend when you talk about perception mm-hmm. is suggesting to, it's so easy to focus when someone's done something that upsets you, when someone's not doing something that upsets you, when someone says something that hurts your feelings. And so, and just like in life, we tend to look at what's wrong, right? Instead of what's right. Right. And so one of the things I will suggest to them is write down, if, if you want your, I say first, do you want to stay married? Do you think you want to stay married to this person? And well, yes, of course. But this and this and this and this. And I say, if you want to stay married, start looking for all of the things you like about that person. Start Uh writing down every positive thing they've done. Uh When they do something nice, write it down. Uh When you enjoy your time with them, write it down. When they, and, and some of that, if the, if it's a reasonable relationship, can change that perception. When Uh you see things you didn't see. So sometimes that's been, like very helpful. And they say, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I didn't realize how often, you know, um, he does the dishes for me or offers to bring me coffee or, you know, and then on the flip side, of course, let them know how you're feeling about the other stuff and talk about it instead of, you know, just letting it build up in your uh, reservoir of anger. Uh, so there, the, it, it can flip your perception and, and when you talk about modern relationships, mm-hmm. moving into, I think, appreciation and respect and space, mm-hmm. allowing independence, like you, you talked about the codependent thing. Yeah. And that is, I don't know how you feel, but that is one that took me a while to start to think, I'm just going to choose love. I'm just going to choose to love this person. Uh-huh. And there, if, if some, no, we're not talking about my ex. Sorry, that I couldn't do that one. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to just choose to love the person and not be resentful if their choice for happiness doesn't match my right. wants. Right. And there's a freedom in that. You know, there's a freedom in saying, well, I can't, if, if someone's happy doing this or that, me complaining isn't going to make them any happier and it's not going to make me any happier. And it's not going to, do you see what I'm saying? There's a sort I of, do. yeah, because that's quite go. Just yeah. letting it go. Just allowing. Well, allowing them to be as they are. Yes. It's and and either attachment to having them be different than they, than mm-hmm. they are. And that is probably the direction I come from with, with couples is because everybody wants to be accepted, appreciated, and loved for them, right? The, the conflict comes in, the struggle comes in when we don't feel like if this person knows things about us that we're going to be safe, right? If I tell the truth, if I be myself, they're not going to like me, right? Because we're all stuck in this I'm not good enough kind of condition, And so I find that when I work with couples and they're having issues, I really try to get each person to realize that we're all the same. We all, we all deal with the same things. We deal with some different things, but for the most part, we all feel the same. We want to be valued and appreciated, right? Like you brought up. The other thing is I like to go from the perspective of the other person. Right. I like to take the couple to get into each person's perspective because that builds compassion and we realize our humanness and how much we are the same because oftentimes we're in our own world. Yeah. And we we think people are supposed to read our minds. We think they should know this by now. We think we think. think. Yeah. And the bottom line is is no, we're here to start speaking. We're here to start saying the truth of what we want, what I need, what I would love to be different, you know, and start opening things up so that we can have a different way of being instead of 
being small and being afraid that we're not going to be accepted. You know, most of us are married. Well, I'm not married, but no, a I'm lot of married. Okay, and I think that I think that's working pretty well. That's why I that's why I have such a great relationship now because I'm not married. I don't I don't have the expectations. I think marriage is awesome. I think whatever is really awesome for whoever decides. Yeah, whatever that is for them. It's kind of funny how that came out of my mouth. Um, (laughs) However, you know that's the thing. I mean, and and like you said, yes giving people space, allowing them to be who they are. I grew up in a very controlling environment as a kid. So guess what? I felt like, well, I didn't feel like it was part of me to just control everybody around me as much as I possibly could. And then I realized it was killing me, right? Mm. Letting go, letting people be as they are. They might not see it your way. Mm. You know, And, and if that really pains you, why does it pain you? Because ask yourself the question, why am I so pissed off that they're doing X, Y, and Z? Right. You know, turn it around and take a look for yourself because you will probably find that your partner is triggering you. You know, that's the spiritual journey is being in a relationship with somebody that brings up your stuff. And, you know, I try to help people understand you're in a relationship probably for growth reasons. And you're with the perfect person. They're bringing up your childhood stuff. They're bringing up your triggers. You have an opportunity to take a look at it and see what that is about you. Because when we're whole and we're not codependent, we don't have a need for anybody else to be any different than they are. Right. We don't have attachments to it. And that's, that's where the, the work comes in. You know, it can be work. Yeah. It doesn't just fall in your lap usually unless you're the Dalai Lama and you're on your, you know, 100th soul life. Um, <laughs> but right. for, and, and depending on how you grew up, like you're talking about the, yeah. the atmosphere you grew up in or the way my parents, you know, I grew up with, or we all come into this life with this, you know, and I like to say a toolbox, Mm-hmm. And some of us have a lot of tools and some of us have a few tools and some of us are able to gather tools as we go. Yeah. And some people just got that one tool and they keep it locked and they don't even want to consider adding any tools to it, you know? And, um, and so you've got these different interactions, even between when you talked about if somebody doesn't agree with you or whatever, well, well even in the workplace, so mm-hmm. it or or coworkers or or other family members it doesn't have to just be your spouse right but there are people that we deal with and uh, might i say religion or politics yes so people that get so angry at one party or the other party or one not person. seeing it their way yeah. out there and they're angry and that person yeah. whoever it is is an idiot or that side is you know uh, right. stupid and talk about put you know buttons being pushed, Oof. right there, right. and and that's a good. So if if anyone listening and watching, if you're <laughs> open to some self reflection, yes, that's what it's all about. Yeah, reflect on yourself yeah. about what who does that person remind you of? Maybe mm-hmm. it might not even be what they're saying, but they might remind you of someone, uh, or or the even little things that are someone from your past and it could be the same person, a different person could be saying the same things and you would not have that reaction. Uh, so sometimes you're, right. you're carrying these things or if you don't agree, sometimes it's just like, let it go. Different sides will have different opinions and not clearly as you're noticing in relationships and, and the world today, not everybody agrees. And, and the, some sides are just positive that they're right. And, the other side is positive that they're right. And it, it, you, you know, don't fight to try and change the other person, but allow the other person try to get into their head and understand why they feel that way. And then there's that chance to come together either as a couple or people in the workplace, or if you can't in situations like the workplace or as couples, if you can't, then you go your separate ways. Um, it's just frustrating for me to watch because I tend to be kind of a middle of the road, my training, right? I was trained as a facilitator early on straight out of college and and it took its, it it took its seed because facilitation is no judgment. Right. Um, 
you just, and so I really, people get angry at me because I don't. Jump to a side? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, if you don't agree with me, then you're an idiot. And I'm like, right. yay, I guess I'm your idiot today. Um, because yeah. it's just not that important for me to get wound up with other people's anger or frustration. I'm like, let it go. Let it go. The world's ending. It's hard to let it go. I think, you know, maybe it's helpful too for people to realize that yeah. you, you have a right to be who you are. Yeah. But everybody else has that right too. So who are you <laughs> to think that it's your job to manage another human being, right? Yeah. To change another human being to accommodate you so you can feel better. Yeah. Like, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, we're all here doing the same dance. That's what we're doing. And we, it will really benefit us if we can get to a place where we realize that differences are the tapestry of life, right? Our differences is what makes for that amazing you know, a recipe, you know, with all the flavors and it just makes life just so much more dimensional and worth living. How boring would it be if we all saw things exactly the same way? Everybody here is a unique being with their own life experience. And most of the time it is a challenge for us to see things other people's way, but we have to, you know, find a little space to let go a little bit and say, Oh, you know what? My bad. You're a human being. You deserve to do it your way or look at it that way. If I have a problem with it, it's really my problem. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. agree. <laughs> agree to disagree. If people could just get even get there more often. Yeah. And, and what does being angry at that other person do for you? Just it doesn't change, really you. It doesn't change you know, your mind. It, it's yeah. such a younger way of, of experiencing well, life. More immature way. It is. I, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. it's the child, it's the ego. It's the wounded yeah. child yeah. that's not getting their way one more time. More, more childish, more um, egocentric. Right. More, oh, they, don't, they don't look at things the way that I do. I'm not going to be your friend because you're a different color, you're a different religion. Yeah. Right? You can't sit at my lunch table because you right. have glasses or right. you don't. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I did, I did, you talked about making friends easily and, um, and going to the store. My kids always make a joke about, I would go into the grocery store and I'd run into everybody and, and, and they're like, Oh God, you're not, oh, wait, you know, you're not going to the grocery store. Are you the same thing? Right. But I loved uh, that something you said in your book about how you always made friends easily and uh, you, you could, what would you say? You could um, master the playground. What was that? You <laughs> something. Right. I don't, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but yeah, I mean, that's what I I thought that was cute. That's that was, that was the fun place. That was the place where I, I excelled at school was being playground. playground. Yeah. Yeah. I I got an A in that too. My happy place. Yeah. And and we just had more playgrounds for people. Uh, Something else I want to ask you. So you on your podcast, Yep. Uh, and you, it's called, um, you are good enough. Is that you are good enough? Yes. You are good enough. So yep. how did you decide to make that the focus of your podcast and how did you come up with the title? Was it about you and you sharing your way or tell me about it? So I, I see that the human condition, um, struggles, right. With lack mentality and a foundation of fear, Right the separateness, right? The separateness, the feeling like we are not good enough. You're not good enough. Mom and dad don't mean to, but they show us often that we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Schools don't mean to, but they, education doesn't mean to, but they keep showing us how we're not good enough and they grade us and they compare us. And there's always comparisons and judgments and criticisms and all kinds of things. And at the end of the day, nobody feels like they're really in, in a lot of situations, they don't feel like they're getting ahead in life. Right. And so I really feel like I'm here to help establish like a love based foundational way of doing life that is love based rather than fear. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of realizing we are good enough, right? I shouldn't feel like I have to change everything on my body 
just to have somebody be attracted to me. Right. And so, and, and, you know, I'll say from a personal note, appearance has been a big deal for me. I know why, where that came from. I understand it really well. So that's been a big challenge for me is to, and, and I have to say being a woman, of course, right. Yeah. It's all about it. I mean, it's mattered, right. That's another podcast. That's another interview yeah. all, all about that. <laughs> but, but staying on topic here is I feel the need to bring people together to help heal relationships, you know, to help people heal themselves, heal their relationships between children, parent, spouse, uh, whatever the relationship is in life. Because our, our life is relationships. That's what our life is. It is. Unless and, you live alone. Unless and, you live and alone. You talk to people and, you know, unless you're isolated. And then you're not happy. Right. You know, uh, uh, most people I talk to who are in that situation, they're not happy. And there's a lot of blaming. I blame the outside world for being the way it is. Therefore, I can't be with anybody. The truth, <laughs> is, well, the truth is. It's never them. We can't change our environment to be happy. So we have to just make happiness be an inside job. So the name of the show is You Are Good Enough because, um, because I see this. I see this as the human condition right now of not feeling. It's very lack, you know, unworthy feeling. Most of us do. I spent my whole life feeling that way um, until my mid-40s. I hated myself. I, I wasn't happy with the things I, that would come out of my mouth. Um, you know, uh, to myself, the way I talk to myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the business of helping people start to embrace themselves and realize that they are worthy. Um, that's when life gets good. Yeah. Right. And isn't it a great feeling like when you work with a client and they have that shift? Mm. Oh. That's what I love about <laughs> this work. You know, when, when I've Amazing. helped someone shift yeah. to, to carry like if, knowing that they're worthwhile enough to do or make that change for themselves yeah. and, and carry it through. And, and just that other side is like, ah, there. And you know what, when we all this talking about not changing other people, but that's what we love to do. <laughs> well, I like to, we love to facilitate so. change, facilitate change that they want. And um, so that's, that's a great part of this job is helping people. Yeah become what they want to be right. and find that freedom. Yep. Now on your book, yep. you, you talk about uh, 11 I, ways to shift your personal paradigm. Yes. Um, can you just kind of say what those are? So, so the book is really um, coming out of my storm in my life with my daughter, the marriage, all of mm -hmm. that. My book is literally the way that I, that I started to transform my life. Right. And it's um, it's 11 different chapters with a different focus exercises at the end of the chapter. Um, the foundations of the book are really about these are like key, things that I call like keys or cornerstones, if you will, about how to become a happier person. And my belief is when we can start being honest and speaking our truth to ourselves, to people who are in our life. OK. It changes our life, right? Um, being able to forgive, but legitimate forgiveness, right? And realizing that holding grudges hurts us more than the other right. person, right? Yeah. And it, it lowers our vibration energetically too, which is a very big subject as well. But talking about compassion, having compassion for ourselves, but for a fellow man or woman, right? Um, because compassion allows us to see the interconnectedness that we have. Like, yeah. it's that thing that runs through all of us. All, you know, we're all trying to do things. We're all trying to figure it out. Um, uh, let's see, what, a, what is another cornerstone? Gratitude, gosh, mm -hmm. right? Being grateful. Most people who are, you know, unhappy in life, Find one thing every day to be grateful for. Right. And there's, oh, there always is. Just even getting out of bed, you know, um, right? <laughs> I, I'll <laughs> tell you, up. I had a client who came to see me and very, oh my gosh, 
Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I looked down at mine and oh. I thought, I thought I turned that off. Mine doesn't even ring like that, but okay. I can't even find you. Hold on. I don't know where you went. Oh, that's okay. I can still see you. Can you? Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Okay. I can't see you, but, um, oh, really? So your computer tried to ring through and now you can't see me. I guess so. That's so strange. But as long as you can see me, we're good. Okay. So I, I had a client who actually came to see me and he was just angry as could be, right? Really angry. And, um, and I was trying to get him to shift just a few things, just a few things being, you know, being a little bit grateful, yeah. just making small shifts. And he used to literally say in the morning, I hate my life. You know, <laughs> I, I, I actually know somebody like that. They like, you know, Oh God, this sucks. Right. What yeah. a way to wake up and that, get that first and thing that. in the morning. It's like, yeah. And good morning, you know, <laughs> but yeah. there, I, don't you think um, I'm going to segue. I, I want to ask you a question sure. about that before yeah. asking you to go on with the rest of the um, list. Uh, don't you think people really do? I think people are born with a temperament. So some people do have one way or the other way, because you have children, you know, and they, Mine definitely did not all come out with the same temperament. <laughs> so their person, this little temperament that they came out with uh, has carried through their life. Easygoing or a little more anxious or, you know, um, uh, adventurous or, or close, you know, not adventurous. They're really, really, um, so I think there, there is that. I think they have said there's like a shy gene. Actually, I think they identified something like that. So they're, Besides our minds, mm -hmm. some people do have more, um, are more pessimistic or more optimistic, I think, just naturally. So okay. some people, it's more of a challenge for them to take on that, get out of bed and say, oh, I'm so glad I got up instead of like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, um, I think I think that's interesting too. Is um, so if we had the red pill or the blue pill, whichever one it is, um, <laughs> that makes you happy. That combined with a little um, therapy or uh, you know life coaching, I think would be the perfect perfect thing. So uh, back to your list, though. So we had yeah. gratitude, and yeah, what, are gratitude. Some of the, what are some of the others that you? Well, the ch you know those are like the four anchors for the book basically, okay. but helping people sharing my story and helping people move through how to begin the process of being honest with self, with others, being grateful, you know, um, being more compassionate. And, you know, I have other themes in the book, like realizing that I believe we are all doing our best in every moment of every day. And people will say, Oh my gosh, how can you say that? You know, uh, people kill people and, and all these things. And I'm like, you know, I, I hear you, but with the way I believe is we, that person, these people are literally, and remember, we all have a different way of looking at life. We've all had a different life experience. We have genetic differences. We have a lot of things that make us different. And, you know, if we want to get really a little off topic here, we've got maybe past lives, you know, yeah. depending on how you you know, what you yeah. think that might carry over and have residual effects and cloud coming into this life and, you know, getting back to the different personalities. I think that, you know, sometimes we have different personalities because we're here on a very specific journey, I mm -hmm. feel. And I think so too. our personality is what sets the tone for the kinds of challenges or the things that we have an opportunity to really move through and get more comfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. However... Um, so I would say that, um, I just totally got off topic. Yeah, that's okay. But your, what were you just asking me? I'm sorry. Uh, I, well, you were talking about the four cornerstones, but then you were talking about, we no, I have to go back to, we're all, we're all doing our best. Like everyone's doing their best at so, any one time. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the thing is, is that people don't understand. They want to hold everybody else on the hook for things, right? Yeah. So that they can feel better about things, but it doesn't, it doesn't serve us, right? It doesn't really serve anybody. And at the end of the day, I believe that if you were that person, you probably would have behaved the same way. Yeah. It's, it's what but, comes into, like I was saying that your childhood, your past lives or your soul contract, 
you know, so there's the theory of your soul progressing and growing and, and every yeah. lifetime is, is a learning experience. And that's when one of the ways to uh, explain why good, bad things happen to good people or why some people are rich, some people are poor is, is that experiential to, to grow and, and have growth through that as a soul come mm -hmm. back and, and progress. And of course that's, you know, Again, some people will say that's even weirder than past lives, but it's um, you know, there's no some of these things. There's no way to prove it. Past lives, though, have been proven. Oh yeah, but the the soul contract, the idea uh, that souls progress and grow, this is just definitely one of those things that we we may never know, even you know, in between lives. So um, I think we will. I think we will. Yeah, yeah, I do. And then you'll forget it all again when you get back, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, there's <laughs> that's that's a few more podcasts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or interviews, yeah. yeah. But um, but I do believe that everybody's doing the best, their best mm -hmm. in every moment with their life experience, their personality, their challenges, their insecurities, um, what they believe is carried over from a few days ago of an argument that may have happened. I mean, there's just a lot that shows up in every moment of somebody's life. And, and when you talked about forgiveness, mm -hmm. um, tying into somebody doing the best they can. Yeah. So there is the, to me, I, I feel like you can forgive the person mm -hmm. for not being able to do better for that's all they could do. Yeah. That's what they had in their toolbox. You got it. And to get to that point and say, you know what, that person didn't know, didn't have the tools to do right. it better. Yep. If he's building a, you know, a house with a, you know, scotch tape and, and paper and mm -hmm. it's going to blow away. And it, that's how it is. Some people just don't have the proper tools to, for communication or to show love or intimacy or to, to do what you consider the right thing. Right. They just don't have them. Never, maybe never got them. Right. But so you can forgive that person mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean forgiveness I, I the other day I was saying I think forgiveness needs more words okay more, more ways to say forgiveness like in in uh, Alaska or something they have a bunch of words for snow different kinds of snow right mm -hmm. because there's variations so forgiveness right. needs people don't want to forgive because they often think they don't want to use that word because they think that's saying it was okay what right. they did was okay give them a free pass yeah right so it doesn't mean the behavior was okay Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean, oh, that's all right. I don't, I don't care. It means the behavior is still wrong. Right. But the person who did the behavior, you can forgive and let go and let go of that tie that is making you right. sick or uncomfortable. Right. So It's pulling uh, you in and yeah, bringing, bringing you down. Yeah, it's it, the energy, that negative energy is staying with you. And especially, right. so for those people that really are angry at the person who did something, well, you you forgive them because imagine if they are really such a jerk, they're probably as happy as heck that you're still suffering. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of my things is like, right. are you going to keep giving them that satisfaction if that's the kind of person they are? Guess what? Just say their toolbox is is really low on equipment. Cut that tie. Let it. Let them just be off in their own unhappy way, and and take back your happiness. Well, the, uh, yeah. you know, the truth is, is if people honestly, you know, if if we could see things from different views all the time, yeah, we would do things differently, right? Parents, okay they would have done things differently had they had the insight of 20 years later, right? Well, not my mom, but, but, um, no, no, but if they had that, that knowledge or, or that had the tool, right. had that tool of, of understanding right. from a point of view. Right. But, um, there are limitations, right? right. And yeah. we're holding people accountable sometimes for having more, for having more than, you know, for us thinking they should have more than they do or they can offer more, right? Sometimes they just can't. Sometimes it's just not there. I think you just have to put your energy more on you on what makes me feel good, like legitimately and, and forgiving somebody and letting that go, not forgetting, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean you put yourself right back in the situation and let it happen over and over again. Right. That, that's not the kind of forgiveness we're talking about. If no. there's a behavior 
that is unacceptable. We need boundaries. It, you, it needs to stop or you need yeah. to you need to take yourself away from that situation if especially right. if it's harmful to you yes. and that can be emotionally it doesn't just it doesn't mean like just cuz somebody beats you somebody can right. emotionally abuse you and that means you leave and um, passively passively or aggressively i might add right yeah. cuz abuse can can look different Oh yes, very, very, and and there's another whole podcast is about understanding passive aggressive behavior and all that. But um, anyway, so now that we we've done our our marriage uh, marriage and relationship circle, uh, what else am I missing that I wanted to ask you about before we go? Uh, talked about your book, your podcast, your practice a little bit. Know a little bit about your life. Is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, I guess I would just like to. To say to the viewers, you know, I hope that whatever we've talked about here has resonated and has helped. And if nothing else, people come away feeling better about themselves through our stories, right, and our sharings and our perspectives. And to realize that, you know what, you matter just like everybody else does. You know, you're important. Your feelings matter. The way you look at things matter, you know. And we do deserve to feel loved and appreciated and accepted but I believe that we cannot give to another that which we don't first give to ourselves. Right. And, so. and, and not waiting for someone else to tell you you're okay. Correct. You know, and so yeah. that, that looking for the outside right. uh, reward, you, you've got to feel it for yourself. Yeah. And, and, self-love, and, self-value. And be, yeah. Yeah, be okay with the other person not Right. As long as you're okay with yourself, you, it's easier to say, you know what, that person doesn't see my value, that person doesn't see it. Maybe it doesn't, you know, whatever it is. If somebody doesn't like you, it's, it's like, oh, that's interesting. I like me. <laughs> it's, more, it's, always, it's always more about the other person, mm-hmm. you know, but we always think it's, it's us. Right. It's, the truth is it has little to do with us as individuals when somebody doesn't like us. Right. It's like there are things that we might do that trigger them. We're not really sure. And I have some unexplained things like that in my own life with with relationships or with people, you know, that have gone into my past and and aren't with me today in ways. And I just honor the fact that, you know what? It's okay. It's okay because people move in and out of our lives, too. Yes, they do. And we oftentimes don't know. And and don't think it's you. It's more about the other person. That's my feeling. And that's what I guess I tell myself. Yeah. I, I try to be the best I can be every day for me. Every t- everything's an opportunity to learn, you know, whether, yeah. the, whether it stays in your life or moves through your life, there, it was meant to be just yeah. like, uh, you know, you, you finding this book that we talked about earlier or yeah. things, things come into your life, whether it means you happen to hear this podcast and you stumble upon it or, or you find a book on the shelf or someone comes into your life, if you picture it as it's meant to be and there's something to learn from this and it's an opportunity, even mm-hmm. if you might label it as bad or negative, there's an opportunity for you to learn how to deal with that even and, and grow from it. So, yeah, I, I like that. And uh, you are good enough, I simply <laughs> says, right? Yeah. So, Kimberly, where can people find you in – if okay. they wanted to your website or if they want to buy your book or if they want to work with you. Um, so they can go to my website. Um, my website is www.one-o-n-e-true-t-r-u-e-joy-j-o-y.com. And you can get my book there. You can sign up for uh, webinars there. You can make appointments with me there. You can, you know, purchase my book. I do. I'm a podcaster and YouTuber. You can find me on SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes. Um, and, and your podcast is you are good enough. And the, the podcast is called you are good enough. Yeah. And um, I talk about all kinds of things, a lot of relationships, a lot of perspectives, relationships, things to help people, you know, find ways to be happier um, legitimate happiness. Yes. And, um, and yeah, and, and my name is Kimberly L E Y, not Kimberly L Y. And sometimes yeah. that throws there is an author when uh, they're searching for me. And yes, yeah. I'm an author too. Yeah. yeah. But there's another author, Kimberly Bell without the E Y. That's true. There is. Yeah. yeah. 
So you never know how many of you there are until you start like wanting to be found. <laughs> there's only there's only one of me, except oh, for gosh. there is there is another Desiree Sharini in Australia. Really? Yeah, lives out. There, but I've like never connected name. with her. I, I found found it when I was searching my name, and I said, "Oh, look at me! I'm in a winery in Australia." So I sh I should really like message her and say we're the only two. That's crazy. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, but it's not great if you break the law, though. So, um, it's, <laughs> I can't say it was, it was not me. So don't do it. <laughs> anyway, um, I will have Kimberly's um, website in the details, um, as uh, along with the right spelling of her name in the details of the um, podcast and videos. So you can find her there too. And I've just had a great time. I'm a little punch happy just because I've been having such a fun time talking to you. But it has been great. And I know, I know, we've been going for hours. Yeah, it's and I, I don't even. I was looking to see how long we've been going. I don't even know. But um, I think it's, it's a long time. <laughs> it's a long enough time. And I hope all of you guys hung in with us. And I was having a good time anyway. So I was too. Thank, thank you, Kimberly. And I'm gonna click off, but I'll say goodbye to you after I stop the recording and okay. say. Bye, everybody. I will see you next time on Intuitive Learning with Desiree. Thanks, Kimberly. Thank